Good morning, and welcome to the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. My name is Michael West, and I'll be your lay leader today. The First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin is an intentionally inclusive church. We welcome persons of all religious heritages, ethnic and racial origins, sexual orientations, political convictions, abilities, and other circumstances. We welcome all who seek to grow in spirit and in soul. Please join with me in affirming our mission statement printed in your order of service and on the wall above us. At First UU Austin, we gather in community to nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice. Our reading this morning for Centering is from Jack Cornfield. The, the true task of spiritual life is not found in faraway places or unusual states of consciousness. It is here in the present. It asks us of a welcoming spirit to greet all that life presents to us with a wise, respectful, and kindly heart. We can bow to both beauty and suffering, to our entanglements and confusion, to our fears and the injustices of the world. Honoring the truth in this way is the path to freedom. Since the early days of Unitarianism in the 1700s, Unitarians resisted having a list of things you had to believe. They resisted having a creed. We are now a non-creedal denomination, that's what you call that, like the Quakers are too. The Universalists, on the other hand, adopted several statements of belief over the years of their history. They wanted to create a statement that would define them. They wanted to be able to say something all together that they could all believe, and they wanted to declare to the world that they thought that God was too good to send anybody to hell. When, after years of discussion, the two denominations merged in 1961, the discussions, by the way, were led by the youth groups, initiated by the youth groups of the different denominations, and as the youth got older, they were the adults running the denominations, and they were like, yeah, now we can do it. Let's, move, let's merge. Two denominations that were no-hell denominations. That's a lot to have in common. They merged, but the universalists missed having something to say that they could all stand on. Unitarians said, we're not having a creed, and the Universalists, were, they, they said, that's all right, but let's at least articulate our common ground with one another. And so they wrote the principles, the Unitarian Universalist principles in 1961. They were not the same ones we have now because the women in the 80s said, these principles are full of the words mankind and men this and men that, and we would like to be represented in the language of the, of the principles. And so uh, the Unitarian Universalists wrote, rewrote 
the principles, 1985, and those are the ones that we have now. So I thought that I would do a sermon series for over the next seven months, one a month on the, on the seven principles. So I'm doing the first one today. The, all the principles start out by saying, we covenant together, a covenant is a promise, um, we covenant together to affirm and promote. Affirm means say yes to, and promote means you're not just saying yes to it in your secret heart, um, but you actually promote this principle at the, at the beauty shop and at the cocktail parties and at your work um, if you won't get fired. <laughs> we covenant together to affirm and promote these seven things. And the first one sets Unitarian Universalism in direct opposition to the Calvinism that underlies a lot of American Christianity. The Calvinism of most American Christianity, or I'll say churchianity because I don't think it has much to do with Christianity, um, says that we're all miserable sinners and that we need redemption and um, that the only redemption is through death and blood of uh, Jesus, the Son of God, and that if you don't believe in this, you're going straight to hell. Is, has anyone heard that before? <laughs> I have to ask because in New Jersey, some of them hadn't. One of the things John Calvin taught in the 1500s, and this was not original with him, he was not the first, he was just the worst. <laughs> One of the things Calvin taught was that human beings were basically broken. Indeed, the whole creation is broken and not as it is meant to be. And when I was young, growing up Presbyterian, they would scoff if anybody said something as soft as, follow your heart, they would go, ha. You can't follow your heart. The heart is broken. The heart will not lead you correctly. You follow the Bible, not your heart. <laughs> this means you. Calvin put it this way. We believe in the total depravity of human nature. I think it's kind of a cheery little doctrine. <laughs> When I became a Unitarian Universalist, that was actually the hardest thing for me to give up because um, believing that human beings are basically good is really hard. <laughs> and believing that we're totally depraved is a cinch. <laughs> Just look around, read the news. And if you believe that we're totally depraved, um, that you were born in original sin, and so you're, it is, it's your innate tendency, even though you can choose to, be, to do good things or bad things. It's possible to choose to do good things or bad things. Witness, many people do choose to do good things. However, we have an innate tendency, a bent, to, do, to choose to do bad things. So, you can feel pretty good about yourself if you haven't robbed a hospital pharmacy. <laughs> You haven't knocked over the 7-Eleven just to get some pocket money. It's kind of a miracle that you're a pretty good person. But I had to give that up. 
Uh, and the theological problem, by the way, with the total depravity of human nature comes when you look around you and you see how many people live lives of uh, strong ethical structure and love and generosity. The Unitarians mess it up for everybody. And the nice Christians, and the nice Jews, and the nice Muslims. People who are generous and who choose good things. Our Unitarian Universalist heritage has its roots in the hopeful 18th and 19th centuries where reason was trusted to find answers to all problems, where the progress of humanity was expected to continue until we create a golden age where reason rules and all truth is discovered, all injustice righted, and all shadows dispersed by the light of the human mind and spirit. The two world wars really broke that hopeful view. And yet we affirm and promote, our first principle says, we affirm and promote the inherent worth and dignity of every human being. Not the total depravity, not the brokenness, the inherent worth and dignity of every human being. So, taking a stand for humanities being born just fine the first time, um, I wrote a song by that title. I'm going to sing it to you in a few minutes. Taking a stand that uh, humanity in its basic original nature is, has no need for redemption, we affirm the worth and dignity of every person. This is a spiritual stretch for me. Because there are murderers and torturers and there are bad people, really bad people. But we agree that in their original state, when they were babies, they had worth and dignity, and they still have worth and dignity. They're just destructive in the world. The temptation when you're talking about most of our principles, but especially this one, is to go straight to Hitler. <laughs> That's the lazy person's argument. What about Hitler? Yeah, okay. The temptation is to go straight to Hitler. But um, I'd like to suggest that we probably, I don't know y'all that well, but we probably do not have Hitler in this congregation. <laughs> and that for the next two years in any discussion or argument, the first person who brings up Hitler loses. <laughs> do you want to agree? Do you want to agree to that? And that's not to say that we don't go wrong or make destructive decisions, hurt people's feelings, or throw plastic things occasionally in the trash. <laughs> they say Unitarian Universalists don't have a sense of sin. Just throw some things in the trash that are plastic and you'll feel it. <laughs> I don't mean to be flip about this, because Unitarian Universalists, and I'm talking about Unitarian Universalists because that's what I am and that's what many of you are. Um, we, we sometimes do awful things. We hit people we love and we scream at our children. Um, we slice someone to pieces with our words. What does our first principle ask us to do? 
to affirm the inherent worth and dignity of every person. See, the problem with the principles is they're very lofty and they're large. And so my suggestion is, and I'll talk to you more about this, I'm sure, in the future, my suggestion is to add the words to the end of every principle, beginning in our homes and congregations. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. How do you affirm the worth and dignity of everybody in your house? See, already it's a terrible problem, whereas before it was just, oh, yeah, that's good. I think to affirm one another's worth and dignity has multiple ramifications. We, we try to be encouraging to other people. We try to listen to what they have to say. We believe that they have the same rights that we do, regardless of their religion, their ethnic background, their sexual preference, gender identification, political party. We believe they have the same rights to community as anyone else, and we welcome them into the church if they have the mental and emotional capacity to enter into covenant relationships. It means we don't beat people up, not family and not strangers. We don't behave sexually with people against their will and not with children at all. That is a sure way to insult and injure someone's sense of worth and dignity. It just messes it up forever. So we don't do it. That principle is also our attempt to become aware of our own learned Racism, our homophobia, our sense of superiority. It also means, and this is the hardest for me, this is where I fall down almost every day, it means you don't give up on people. You don't give up hope for people to change. We violate others' worth and dignity every time we dismiss them out of hand for being, um, for loving Rush Limbaugh or for... Um, thinking the right wing has many fine points to make or for being a member of the NRA or uh, being a fundamentalist Christian. And even, you know, we have to work on this because we Unitarian Universalists are sometimes better at affirming the worth and dignity of people of many ethnic backgrounds and uh, sexual preferences and even gender identification, although that's hard for um, many of us still. But uh, the Republican members of our congregations... And those who identify as Christian often feel uh, ostracized or attacked, uncomfortable. So there are many closets in the Unitarian Universalist denomination that still have their doors unopened. Um, Many UU congregations can count their Republican and Libertarian members on the fingers of two hands, sometimes one. Other times I've preached in congregations where they are shocked to find out that they might have a Republican Really, you can be a religious liberal and not be a political liberal. It's possible. All right. So um, while I do think that just dismissing people out of hand by saying, oh, they just want to be told what to think, or what a bunch of idiots, I think that that violates uh, our honoring of their worth and dignity. I do not think that arguing with people violates their sense of worth and dignity. In fact, I think it takes it seriously. I think enough of you to engage you in respectful debate disagreement. That's a sport for me. I'm sorry. I I try not to play it very often. 
And sometimes we fail in this first principle, the inherent worth and dignity of every person, because we understand it too broadly. We think, because just because we haven't turned our laser-like intellect on it yet, um, really, for many minutes, we think that um, it is calling us to also affirm the worth and dignity of every idea. And that is not what it calls us to do, just every person. Because some ideas cause injustice and oppression, and we must stand up against those. And, and some ideas are just stupid. <laughs> I'm sorry to say it that way, but you know it's true. <laughs> and we are not called to affirm the worth of every behavior. Sometimes we feel that we have to tolerate really bad behavior, um, if someone is acting in a destructive way, I think it's respectful of their worth to say, um, you can do better than this. We have all agreed that we want to try to do better than this. I'll try if you will. The I Ching, which is one of my sources of wisdom, says if someone is behaving incorrectly, that's the I Ching's language, if someone is behaving incorrectly, the thing to do is calmly, respectfully, withdraw from interaction with that person, if you can, until the behavior becomes more correct. And pay a lot of attention to your own behavior, because you might be behaving incorrectly, too. And then when everybody's in balance again, re-engage. That may be the way you want to do it, may not be. Um, I could be wrong about that whole disengaging thing, because here's a teaching story from Japan that kind of says the opposite, and there are teaching stories that sound like this in almost every culture. A young Japanese man is on the train, belligerent, drunk, comes through the train car insulting people, looking scary, acting scary. This young man has studied martial arts. His blood begins to boil. He stands up and gets ready to confront the thug in the train car. He feels a hand on his arm. It's a frail old man who says, let me handle this. So our young man sits down. The old man says to the drunk, come sit next to me, and begins to engage him in conversation, questions him about his life. Turns out the drunk guy's wife just died. He's in agony. He drank to, to feel better. He's just falling apart and doesn't even know how to stay in his skin in the world. And the old man pats him on the back. The thug starts to cry. The whole situation is shifted. The story asks us to, um, in the words of the poet Rilke, asks us to look at one another with soft eyes. Look at one another with soft eyes. And sometimes that approach works. And sometimes the drunk guy will just pull out a screwdriver and you got to get the young man with martial arts back up out of his seat. <laughs> I'm not going to get all dewy-eyed on you about this stuff. But we have to hold those things in mind. Kindness first. And some of us are awful to ourselves. 
We don't respect our own worth and dignity. We use words like, oh, I'm such an idiot. Oh, I'm such a loser. Oh, I can't believe I did that. I, oh. I don't know if any of y'all have ever done that, but I want to tell you that you were born with worth and with dignity. Other people should treat you as if you have that. You should treat yourself as if you have that. We should treat one another as if we all have that. Because we were born just fine the first time, which is a song I'm going to sing you right now. Kaya, will you come sing harmony with me, please? Now, before any of you say anything about it, I am not going to quit my day job. <laughs> Too loud? Okay. They told us we were born with a wicked sin inside. They told us it was pride. I was born in love. Mama and Daddy smile on their sweet baby child. And I was born just fine the first time. No stain upon my heart. It was the date of the heart. Don't need to be born again. Neither you, my friend. You were precious from the start. Said your body is unclean. Your heart will steer you wrong. You shouldn't be too strong. Surrender to the word. Don't ask it to make sense. You'll lose your innocence. And I was born just fine the first time. No stain upon my heart. It was the state of the heart. I don't need to be born again. Neither you, my friend, you were precious from the start. Said our loving father had killed his only son because of something I had done. And I deserved to burn in hell for being born to earth unless I had a second birth. And I was born just fine the first time. No stain upon my heart, it was the state of the heart. Don't need to be born again, neither do you, my friend. You were precious from the start. Yeah. Yeah. Don't 
need to be born again. Neither do you, my friend. You were precious from the start. Loving anger is a powerful thing. <laughs> and so now go in peace. May you have found a fountain within yourself that is fed by roots in this congregation and fed by many other sources of water in your life. May it rise up within you. May it overflow. May it feed those around you. May it be a fountain of blessing. May you all be blessed, and may you be a blessing. Go in peace. This is a presentation of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, visit our website at www.austinuu.org.